What up, though? Oh, we don't know. Do, 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 do. What do you say? What do you say? I don't know the words. What up, though? Made me think of that. What up, though? What up, though? What up, though? When I wish upon a star for that one special girl to take me on the ride to a whole new world. Under the sea of bare necessities You've got a friend of me Cause I'm fun and fancy free With you on my arm People won't know what to do Say I wanna be like you Bibbidi bobbidi boo Like Woody and Jesse And Toy Story 2 Girl I have your name written On the bottom of my shoe Hello and welcome to episode 38 Of Bear with Mouse Ears I am one of your hosts Michael Agnew I'm your other host Zara Agnew And we are a couple from Dallas, Texas who likes Disney and pop culture, like movies and TV shows. And we like, I can't think of something else we like. We do not like waking up early to record podcasts, but because we haven't been so consistent, we did this morning. I wouldn't say that this is early, but... We never record like in the morning, though. That's true. Like I don't think ever in the history of our 37 previous podcasts have we recorded in the morning Probably right. We but are night owls. We like coffee, ooh, though. Ooh, 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 ooh. Sure. We do love coffee. We love coffee. As we got two mugs sitting right in front of us. In our Starbucks, you are here, Disney mugs. Listening to the pitter-patters of the rain right outside of our window. I never thought it would rain in Texas, and yet today it is. Wait, you never thought it would rain? I don't know. Summer's here. That just means, like, hot all the time. It, oh, it's so hot. That does not mean that it's going to be cold outside. It just means it's going to be hot and rainy. That's probably true. Well, this is the part of the episode where we give a fan listener shout-out. Fan shout-out. And this one, for this week, is coming to you from Kaylee Ellison. And Kaylee commented on our pregnancy announcement post. Remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. You probably remember that one because we took a picture with you wearing mini ears just for the podcast Instagram, and I for- and I posted the wrong one. Oh, if y'all could see the serious eye roll that I am getting right now, you would be astounded. <laughs> well, anyways, Kaylee uh, posted on this post and said, and said, just finished listening to your podcast where you announce a new baby mouse ear. Congrats, you guys. So cute. But what was awesome was Kaylee wasn't even following us on on Instagram. Basically, she listened to this podcast. She then followed us. She then found the Instagram post. And then she commented, which means she's a true fan. I like that. What does her bio say? Is there any information we have to go off of other than her name? Well, one... She has an artist profile. Whoa. She's famous? I believe... No, I believe she does painting. Yes, she, like, paints and and, does artwork. Mm. So that's pretty baller. This is her bio. Lavish in his perfect grace. (gasps) Lover of Jesus. Yes. Art. Animals. (gasps) And faux fur. Oh, wow. I like most of those things. Maybe not faux fur, but... I like how she said animals and fake fur, not the real fur, because then I would be an animal hypocrite. Like, I wonder how many, like, what level her love for faux fur is. Like, does she have... How many jackets does she have? Does she have, like, a faux fur rug? Like, is her whole house just, like, is that her 
fabric of choice when she needs a new outfit, when she needs home decorating ideas? Like, what is the level of commitment? I mean, that's in her Instagram bio. Like, that should tell you all you need to know about a person, basically. And so... I will say I'm interested. that I am looking at a lot of her pictures and I see no faux fur so far. Oh my gosh. So she that might love it. That seems fake. That seems faux. Her love of faux fur seems faux. No, I I wouldn't question her loyalty for faux fur. Okay. I feel like you would be friends with her though. Do you see any animals in her pictures? Yes, lots of animals. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind? Dogs. There's this one of her and three dogs. That's a lot of dogs. So that's a lot of dogs for sure. Lots of painting. She's actually pretty skilled in the paint world. Hmm. We might need to contact her. Okay. To do some... Uh, some freelance work. Some freelance work. Uh, AKA a huge mural. Exactly. In our house. In our Disney room. That's interesting. Okay. Any any thoughts pop into your head? Any ideas? Any Any nicknames? Any... Anything we can do here? Um, like Painter Kaylee, Faux Fur. Oh, so like Fee Fi Fo, Fee Fi Fur. Fee Fi Fur Kaylee. Is that dumb? No. It's not really Disney. And or. There is that parade at um, in Disneyland called Paint the Night. Ooh. Okay. And it's like a, like a Pixar. Yes. Parade, and that's like nighttime. So would you call her Paint the Night Kaylee? Maybe. Do you like that better than Fee Five for Kaylee? Yes. Okay. But she also commented on our baby picture. Okay. And she got excited about the new baby mouse here. Auntie Kaylee. Aunt, whoa, are we dubbing her Auntie Kaylee right here? <laughs> I don't know. Because she went out of her way. She loved our whoa. announcement so much. She You're does, in the family, Kaylee. She, she does love Jesus. She does You're, love Disney. That, and, those are some important things that we also love. And from her pictures, I think you would be friends with her. She she looks pretty uh, fashiony. I actually am willing to just go all in and call her <laughs> Auntie Kaylee. Wow. All right. Is that too awkward? Nope. Too late. That's what it is. Kaylee, you're in the family. You're in the family. <laughs> Welcome to the family, Kaylee. Oh, my gosh. Auntie Kaylee. Wow. She here. She's here on Instagram. Auntie Kaylee. If you need a trip, Auntie Kaylee, to probably one of your favorite places, Disney World, Disneyland, maybe you need to check out that Paint the Night Parade. Who knows? You should contact Yellow Shoe Travel, Wendy. Wendy Trent is her name. She is our actual personal friend who we know and trust and love. She was actually on our podcast a few episodes ago. You yeah. should check that one out. She's about awesome. being a Disney travel agent. Her life is pretty cool. Um, and it's cool because she does all the planning and all the work for you. So you don't have to do anything. And she doesn't charge you anything. Basically, she's like your own fairy godmother. She makes magic happen. She makes your trip happen. Um, contact her at Wendy at yellowshoetravel.com. Wendy with a Y. Not an I. And she, just tell her you're planning a trip. Tell her all the details and she will make it happen. She'll book your room, all your reservations, your fast passes, your dining. She'll give you tips and tricks and just all the information you're going to need to know to have a magical trip. 
you know how the evil stepmother just made Cinderella do all of the house chores for their whole family? Of course, that is an integral part to the movie and story of Cinderella. Wendy Trent is our Cinderella. Like, you can just be the evil stepmother, make mm-hmm. Wendy Trent do all of the sweeping and the mopping mm-hmm. of your Disney trip, all of just the dirty logistics, mm-hmm. and you can be the evil stepmother just being rich and fancy. Michael, never having to do any work. It sounds like you need Wendy Trent in your everyday life. I do. Correct. Not even Disney related, but just to go get my car battery changed for me. AKA a butler? Is that what they do? So you need Wendy Trent. You're saying you need (laughs) Wendy Trent, not me. Maybe. (laughs) I do. I do need her. I need her. Come in my life. We, We all need Wendy. She is actually in Dallas this week. I know. We need to try to see her. Yeah. All right, now it is time for... A special guest. Our special guest, my brother, Nathan Agnew, coming back for his second appearance on the Married with Mousers podcast to talk about the new solo Star Wars movie. It's only been two times. How have we only had him on two times? I don't know. That's crazy. We have only had Hunter on one time. Now that's crazy, because he's my cousin who actually lives here. I know. But he should be coming on soon for an episode coming up, so be on the lookout for that. All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? What's up, what's up? So, as hopefully the whole country knows, a new Star Wars movie just dropped Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago, and there was no one better to bring in for a conversation on this new solo movie than my brother Nathan Agnew. That's me. Welcome to Married with Mouse Ears. So you might remember Nathan from the Last Jedi podcast back in... December, January. Mm-hmm. Also talked about some Hong Kong Disney. Oh, yeah. And so we just needed more of Nathan's hot takes on Solo. So, Nathan, what did you think of the movie? I would say 8 out of 10. Mm. I think this is the best that this movie could have been, mm-hmm. given the yeah. fact that it's a movie that literally no one asked for. Nobody. Nobody asked for this movie. Uh, all of the theories and everything about which movies were going to come out first. This is not one of those movies. Which would you have preferred to see during, what would you have rather seen during May 2018? I think that this falls in line with what I wanted. I wanted to see like a Star Wars mafia movie. Whoa. I wanted something kind of in like the vein of like a Godfather movie almost. Okay, sure, sure, sure. And I wanted it to be like really gritty underworld stuff. When like I Like a standalone what, one? Or like- yeah, like a standalone gritty, kind of dark Godfather movie. Okay. That's what I was feeling. And so I feel like this is as close to that as we could possibly get. Hmm. Okay. This wasn't what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be a story revolving around So going into this movie, Mm -hmm. were you excited for it? Because there was like a lot of hate. Because people were talking about how the lead actor Alden needed a a coach, Mm -hmm. an acting coach. How the director got switched to Ron Howard, like, last minute. All of this stuff, there there were all of these news reports coming out. I didn't buy into it. I still thought it it was going to be good. Me and Aaron Pugh were, have both been on the, on the hype train from the beginning. Were you on the hype train, Nathan? I would say that at the beginning of the filming, 
I was. I was really excited for the guys for 21 Jump Street to be doing the movie. And and so there was kind of like that vibe going on. So I was like, okay, okay, buddy cop movie, buddy cop movie. I'm going into it. And as it started going on, we started hearing reports that the filming wasn't very good and that he needed the he needed a an acting coach. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, this sure. is this is gonna be so bad. When so I started you... doubting it really bad. And then we got into six months before the movie, and there had been no trailer released yet. The yes. first trailer to be released was during the Super Bowl, and so I was going into it thinking, oh my gosh, I think they're trying to save money because this is gonna be a financial flop. Because they're not doing any trailers and they're not doing any toys and they're not doing the things that you would do for a regular star for a regular Star Wars film. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, they're trying to cut costs to make their hit not as bad. So I was really concerned. And then stuff started coming out about how they had to refilm fifty percent of the movie. And that it was just months before, and they were having having to do new CGI on stuff. And there was a character. Um, there was a character that they completely cut from the movie. The, the, the original Dryden Voss, um, I forgot his name, but it was originally a black guy. Wait, the main villain? Yeah, Dryden Voss was originally a black guy, Whoa, and they filmed what? they filmed all of his scenes. So you're saying the dude from A Knight's Tale slash Vision slash Vision was not the original Dryden Voss? Oh, wild. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I thought he was good as a villain. Yes. Yeah, he it was it was. You'd recognize his face. I need to look up his name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he That's was originally crazy. he was originally Dryden Voss, that and then when they did when they brought in Ron Howard, Ron Howard was like, okay, everyone has to come back to filming, and he was already doing a TV show at the time, so he was like, dude, I can't come back and refilm. So you think Ron Howard probably would have kept him? Oh yeah, if his if his scheduling linked up, dude, it would have been. Dude, he got cut from a Star Wars because movie. of because of scheduling for some oh, TV show. That's bad. So they brought in the guy that plays Vision. Um, I forgot his name too. Um, but yeah, so they brought in the Vision, and he was doing really, really well. And they started bringing him out for interviews and stuff. And so everyone was like, "Okay, this is cool." Whoa! The original dude was was Michael K. Williams. Yeah, Michael K. Williams. Which no one is really going to know, but he was the main. He he was Omar in The Wire, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite TV shows ever. Um, used to be on HBO. But he was supposed to be a CGI alien in, like, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so then Ron Howard came in and basically said, hey, I don't want a CGI villain. So instead, we're getting the dude from Night's Tale. We're getting yep. Vision. So his, whole, his whole, whole, whole part was cut. They brought in Vision. So Paul Bettany. Dang it. Paul, Paul, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Paul Bettany. Poor Paul. He was just going to be called Vision this whole podcast. So that was a big deal. And so then I also heard that some of the jokes just weren't playing out and that the rating was a little bit harder than they wanted. And so they needed to dim it down because a lot of the improv that they were doing was a little bit inappropriate. Uh, yeah, a little bit inappropriate. That's kind of the nature of improv, though. Sure. Um, also, it's the guys that were doing 21 Jump Street. So they're trying to do like the whole buddy cop, but also kind of make it a little bit raunchy almost and so that wasn't flying and so when disney execs saw it they were like dude this is not flying and that so they cut them they had like 60 percent of the movie cut like um already filmed so they cut a bunch of stuff and then they brought in ron howard how different it it would have been totally different you can see little glimpses of that in the way that 
Chewie and Han are talking throughout the movie. You can see like yeah. little glimpses yeah. of it, of how it used to be a buddy cop movie and how they kind of laid some other stuff on top of it. Sure, sure, sure. But my overall reaction going in was, you know what? I'm confident this, that this is going to be a good movie. I trust Ron Howard. He's worked with Lucasfilm before. He's worked with Disney plenty of times. This is a guy that can turn a turd into gold. So I was completely confident in his stuff. Truth. So me and Zara actually had a, a pretty awesome experience watching Solo. It was crazy. Would you like to tell them why this experience was so awesome, Zara? Sure. Well, as you guys know, we love Movie Pass. We have had it for a long time now. And what we didn't know, because we don't usually go to Cinemark, um, we went there and the guy was like, hey, do you want to upgrade your seats for like 30 cents to these crazy D-box leather seats that Nathan, number have one heard. have you heard of these d-box seats are those the ones that shake i didn't know what it was not it's, just shake let me tell you so we said yeah we will do that so we got these crazy seats you walk in they're in the middle of the theater um and these like red leather special rows it's like um vip rows and you it's this huge like square chair so your armrests are super huge and you, it's like um, a recliner so you can put your feet up and everything but then it has levels of intensity what so I of course just wanted to chill on level one. Oh, we got three yeah boy went, went level three. three the whole time didn't even change so it was crazy the first time we got to experience it was actually during the trailers and I think it was for um, Incredibles 2 yeah. Um, so what? during that, they had it synced up to the trailers during, too. Just like I think that was the only trailer. That one, and I think Jurassic World. Mm, no. Well, but let's anyway. explain what these seats do. So, like, if you've been to Disney World and have been on Star Tours, it is like Star Tours. Yo, the seat is like a simulation ride. It where, moves where around. Where you like tilt on like a ten or fifteen and it degree angle. It's crazy. And it's like a theme park. Dude, ride. that's insane. So as so as they are on the train high scene oh and God. it's turning. And the train yes. is moving. Your chair is moving. Like you are like literally blowing my moving. mind right now. It was crazy. So, so my you're telling reaction, me that I could ride in the Millennium Falcon and feel like yes. I'm riding the Millennium Falcon. So I am telling you it was my reaction is yes. ten out of ten. I enjoyed this movie because, more than The Force yes. Awakens and more than Last Jedi. Because you had the whole experience. Because of the whole experience. It so, felt like a Disney ride. So I know oh that, when, that whenever I rewatch it, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. And a lot of the reviews that I have been listening to, people say that the first 30 minutes of, of this movie just dragged on and uh, that it was boring. Yes or no? I didn't feel bored for one second of this movie. Because even during these dragging on parts, like he's doing that little um, through the alleyway trying to mm -hmm. escape scene, and I'm moving because he's like in the mm -hmm. speeder, and I am also moving. I was it was the most entertaining thing ever. So these seats cost nineteen dollars a ticket, <sighs> but for us, we just had this thirty dollar upgrade, which I have actually thirty cent. Yeah, sorry, so sorry, thirty cent upgrade. I have looked into the movie pass. Um, rules and supposedly that's illegal and you're not supposed <laughs> to be able to do that. Whatever. So I don't know why our ticket distributor let us do that, but somehow he did, and it was awesome. Yeah, dude, it was that's weird intense. That's to, intense. Like look across our rows and like see everyone like moving at the same time. I was like, this is literally see because 
I've seen those in like the lobby of yes. Cinemark, but I've never. I've, I've sat in the little demonstration thing, but I've never actually sat in one. I didn't that know what was that our was. First time, yeah. Yeah. So we. Yeah. So we haven't done it either. I think it would only be good for certain movies because obviously I didn't catch on to every single detail of this movie because I was so just like enthralled in the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But like Jurassic World, like the idea that I'll be going like in and out of like dinosaurs. So you're telling me that I shouldn't shouldn't buy these tickets for a Nicholas Sparks movie? No. Probably not. I bet they don't even show. I bet they only show like hardcore movies in there. I'm sure. If only. Away from our theater experience. Zara, what was your favorite moment from Solo? So I don't That's a big question. I don't want to recap the whole movie because hopefully if you are, are listening to this, you, you have seen it. You know what is happening. But, okay, Nathan, what is your favorite moment from this movie? And then Zara, that will give her a time to think. Oh, dang. Okay. I have multiple big moments. I, okay. Oh, good. Okay. Just throw out one and then we'll just keep going. I loved the scene where you first see Lady Proxima come out of the water. I thought that was super awesome because you can tell that she's like really, really intricate. And I liked the whole scene with him kind of confronting her and he gets hit by Moloch and then they start going on the chase scene. I thought that was freaking awesome. So I'm totally about one that. One of my questions was, did you like her character? Because there are some people who who, who just didn't like her i thought it was great i loved all of the different creatures and weird star warsy characters see i was really big into the clone wars and star wars rebels and the animated series and stuff okay and so that really tied in close with the animated series really oh yeah the aesthetic and the way that she spoke english and all that stuff so then her character is in these animated no she's not in it but she kind of ties into this general feel that's going on in those animated films. Okay. So, like, um, in the TV show, they're doing a lot of um, the stuff with, like, the hut cartels and, like, all of these things, and they're doing all these different alien races, and they're all speaking English, which wasn't around in the original films. And so it was kind of cool to see a big, bad kind of alien like that speaking English. I didn't even process that. You're right. Like, normally Jabba would be talking and there would be subtitles. Oh, yeah. So usually most of the huh. aliens in all of the Star Wars films, for the most part, speak... Why do you think she they did that to where she spoke English? To basically tie it into the feel of those animated films. Well, yeah, so a little, little tangent about both of those. So there is a ton of just extra writing on Star Wars. There's like dozens and dozens of books and comics and all of this stuff. And basically the creators of Star Wars have earmarked both the Clone Wars and the Rebels as the only two canon of like this series right now. That they basically said, hey, everything else, like we could use maybe, but don't get your hopes up. But Yeah, it's basically the movies. And so this will tie some in some books and the two animated shows, and that's it. Yeah, and so that ties in a lot to the cameo at the end, which we will talk about later, not right now. Oh yeah. Um, Spoiler alert. But that is very interesting. I didn't know um that yeah, that that her presence kind of tied into. Oh yeah. The and then they go film. into the car chase, of course, which is which is awesome. Another one of my big moments, seriously, I have, I have these big golden moments that were like pivotal for me in the movie. Yeah. Was when he's signing up for the military mm. and he looks across throughout the train station, he looks at the little thing and there's a there's a sign over it and it's saying join the Imperial Navy and stuff like that. Yeah. It's literally playing the Imperial March. It's playing dun, 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 dun. In the movie, it's playing the song. So the John Williams score exists within the Star Wars universe 
as the official anthem of the oh. of the Imperial Army. So that was a big thing for me. So, like, they took this thing that was just a soundtrack cue, and they turned it into an actual part of the Star Wars universe. So that was a big moment for me. I never would have even thought of that. I honestly just Honestly, this movie is just full of these little details. It's basically like the Wikipedia um, website just became a movie one day. Also, he said Wikipedia, not not Wikipedia. I heard that. It's a it's a it's an awesome website. I go on there for probably five hours a day. Don't judge me. Five hours a day. A day. That's why we brought him into this pot into this podcast. You're telling me thirty five hours a week you spend. I have two on jobs. A website. I have two jobs. <laughs> Wikipedia. I have three jobs actually. I don't even know. I what work to say. for the church. Okay. I love Star Wars, and I'm a professional professional Twitter troll. I don't that know is what to say right now. It's great. Well, I guess that's why we, we brought you on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So another one of my big golden moments was going through Dryden Voss's little ship yacht, and you get to see all the things that he has in his collection. You only see it twice. Nathan is about to blow our minds right now because that wasn't even on my radar as a cool scene. Oh, yeah. Super cool scene. There is a Sith holocron, which is basically a giant book collection of Sith knowledge, hmm. literally just chilling in his in his little office. You know, they're doing the fight scenes, and you have all the uh, artifacts and stuff. There's a Sith holocron sitting right there, surrounded by a bunch of lightsabers. So they literally did that fight scene, and there's a bunch of lightsabers. Just all around Just them. sitting inside the room. But and they, they didn't use them? And they didn't use them. Now, I will say, his thinking brass knuckles... Knife thingies. Knife, knife thing things. was awesome. Yo, those things were ball. I think it because it had a kyber crystal in it. So that's why it turned red like that and could slice through her sword. Because it was literally like powered on kyber crystals like a probably. lightsaber. Yeah, it probably was. Zara knows all, all about those kyber crystals. Yeah. Rogue One, dude. You gotta, you gotta, get, t- you gotta get tied in. Nope. I'm just that casual moviegoer. Mm-hmm. All right, well, casual moviegoer, what was your <laughs> favorite scene? Um, I don't know if it's specifically, I guess it's a scene, but I'm just going to go with like the end where it's just, um, Han and Chewbacca finally get the Millennium Falcon from Lando. Like they win it from him and they're like sitting in it kind of like ready for their next adventure. And And then they just go off. And then they just go. Cause that kind of, I just love their like friendship or whatever. Um, so I liked, I guess how they ended it and, um. They, like, did that whole big adventure, and that was how they, like, cemented their friendship and their, like, long partnership. And, like, they're like, okay, let's go to that next big job. And so you you know that that's how they start, like, their whole life together. And they basically spend, like, the mm-hmm. rest of their lives together. Uh, this was by far the best Chewbacca movie ever. Period. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't get better than this. I don't think I liked, yeah, I don't think I liked Chewbacca until this movie. Yeah, this, it was hysterical. I love the origin of how they found each other. Yes. And, like, just the idea that, yeah, that Chewie was this monster that I guess basically ate people. That was what they made it seem like. Or killed people. Um, that, <laughs> that, that he was this monster, and that that's how they're... And also, I know that this is dumb, you are going to laugh at me, but I didn't realize that Chewie making noises... He's actually speaking a language. Shrewook. I just didn't. The, the, the this dude. I I just thought it was similar to like a dog barking or something like that. Ugh. 
And all of a sudden, the fact that Han... Because they didn't necessarily, in the original movies, ever Mm-mm. like state that. Mm-mm. And so, yeah, so the fact that Han can, like, are, can speak with him was pretty cool. So what's funny about Disney doing all this right now is that they're bringing in a lot of the old extended universe stuff. And kind of the sore thumb of the whole extended universe was the Star Wars Christmas special. Have you all ever heard of this? I don't think so. No. This is a real made-for-TV movie that happened on NBC back in the 70s for Christmas. And, like, it was, like, 1979 or 1980. It was, like, right after the original movies were, were released. Okay. All the original cast was there. Wait, what? So it had Mark Hamill. It That's had legit. Harrison Ford. It had Carrie Fisher. It had everyone. So wait, but the plot revolved this? around... Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> So the plot revolves around going to Kashyyyk, Uh which is Chewie's home planet. First time that they ever talked about it. So they ended up using that that name again in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and they started tying stuff in there. But they go to Chewie's home planet for Wookiee Christmas called Life Day. And when they do that, they drop... They they start dropping all this facts about like how Chewbacca has a family and how he's away because of this imperial like b- blockade around Kashik and they basically have to get Chewie home for for Christmas oh and that's what the plot of this thing what is. What in the world? This is a real thing, and so they start. So in the solo film. They start sampling facts and ideas from this holiday special. Okay. The idea that he has a family and that sure. there's an imperial blockade over the planet and that they're being sold into slavery mm. and all this stuff. So it's literally like they're taking this thing that was literally the most ridiculous, stupid thing you can possibly imagine. I mean, they yeah. have to use it. And they're, picking, like... and they're picking little pieces out of it yeah. just to be funny. Nathan, that's mind-blowing. Oh, it is mind-blowing. That's interesting. Yeah, because obviously Chewie was very emotional and standing up for the other Wookiees mm-hmm. that he saw um, at that, like, plantation or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you could tell, you know, it hurt his heart to see his brethren being treated in that way. I think that was probably his wife. What? So they've mentioned his wife. So the wife showed up in the Christmas special. Her name was Mala. And Mala has been in the books recently, like the like official canon books. Okay. And so they had a book about Han Solo. Uh, I think it was Last Shot was the one. And they talk about how Chewbacca's wife is really smart and intelligent and all this stuff. And if you see the Wookiee in the movie, she, she doesn't have hair on her face, mm-hmm. which is basically like their version of a beard, which is like Wookiee, okay. Wookiee you, women you don't it. have hair on their face. I couldn't tell it was a girl, but you know these things and you can tell. So when he does the... Uh, the, little, the little head-to-head thing. Yeah. It's like a Wookiee kiss. Mm. And so I think that that was his wife. Dude, that's wild. Oh, yeah. Mind blown. Mind blown. And as, but as great of a character as Chewie was, by far the best character in this movie was Lando, Donald Glover. I think I agree with that. So obviously I am a big just Donald Glover fan. I love Atlanta. I loved Community. I love his music. I have seen nothing of him, and I thought he was awesome in this movie. You did? Yeah. Good. He was so good. I thought he was awesome, but there was a few points in the movie that it felt like he was emulating the original Lando rather than being Lando. 
Hmm. You know what I mean? I don't really remember the original. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So his whole vibe was very different from... His vibe was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. But there was just a few points that I was like, okay, that was a little clunky. But okay. other than those few points, I yeah. thought he was awesome. Yes. I love the whole capes. The whole... All of his capes was obviously very oh, funny. Yeah. But what I loved the most was the poker scenes. So any movie oh, yeah. that has poker scenes, I'm like totally down. I know this wasn't poker, but this was like the Star Wars version um, you do like poker scenes. Yeah, I yeah. So I loved, I guess both both of them. Um, Nathan, what were your overall feelings of Lando? I liked Lando. I liked his costuming. I liked his presence. I thought some of his stuff was 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 clunky, of course, but I just really liked that he was able to breathe kind of new life into the character without rehashing old things. It didn't just feel like a bunch of old Easter eggs from the old films. It felt like he was really trying to make that character fresh. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome. I like that they went into some of the weird things that he did, like, oh, he won a jungle moon in a card game. And then the end of the film is him on a jungle moon playing a card game. So it's alluded that they're... I didn't even get that. Yeah, so it's alluded that they're on Lando's planet. Oh, that's hysterical. So, like, I like that they're tying in these weird things about Lando. Yeah. I liked the the dynamic with his robot and how they kind of had, like, a weird relationship. And, like, I kind of liked that they made Lando weird and had a lot yeah. of depth. Yeah. You know? So, there is a big rumor that there is going to be a Lando movie. That I wouldn't doubt it. You wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I also wouldn't. At first, I was doubting it. But mm-hmm. now Donald Glover is like one of the most famous people in America right now, mm-hmm. and I, and I bet that Disney and Star Wars is like, hey, how can we capitalize on this and give him his own movie? Because Alden, whatever his last name Alden is, Alden Aaron, right? Yeah, this dude in a interview like a month uh, a month ago, ba- still allowed to do interviews, basically said out loud that he was signed on for three solo movies that he was signed on to be a part of three movies so the question is is whether this is going to be a trilogy of just han movies or could the next one possibly be focused on lando and then han comes into it um we're gonna tease out i think what about the cameo we'll keep pushing that back a little bit more Mm -hmm. but i know but that'll be something that ties into it too oh yeah but yeah, one of the big things about Lando was L3, this droid. She was awesome. I know she was like a really weird character. A lot of people weren't feeling it. Yeah. I loved her. Your boy was definitely not feeling it. I was Dude, also not feeling it. I was super feeling Defender. it. Defender. All right. So they're using like a lot of like new age feminist language going into yes. Yes, her yes, character yes. creation. And so I was really all about it because they kind of transferred that language into this idea of droid rebellion. And one of the storylines that they did throughout the, um, throughout the original series kind of accidentally, and they went on throughout the, um, throughout the animated series is this idea that the, that the droids are almost like slaves. Oh, Yes. And so she has these lines like, why should I obey you? Because you're my organic overlord. And so she has like these like snappy quips because there's been this subplot of droid slavery. Yeah. And so this is the first time that this has been like an overt plot point. And so it kind of connected these like 
subplots for me that I've been seeing for the last few years. And then there was the scene where she's literally doing a robot rebellion Yo, on accident. That's one of the, yeah, that is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. That, Hilarious. That scene was great. I loved it. But I didn't really, I, uh, I was just, I felt like she, I felt like they were trying to make her too funny and too central to the part that she was in. I would have enjoyed the four-armed or six-armed dude that died within like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. If he stuck around longer and he was the the witty L3 part and then L3 comes during like the droid rebellion part and sets them free. But in a movie like that, it was very important to have at least some sort of female representation because there weren't really a whole lot. And mm. no no two female parts ever really talked to each other throughout the movie. And so that was kind of a big deal that a lot of people were like, oh, man, like no two women ever talk to each other in the movie. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So like that was a little bit upsetting and things like that. So I think that if they cut her part, they would have had to replace it with something else. That's very interesting. But that makes me think, um, before I give my thoughts on L3, um, that this movie obviously was set like way in the past mm-hmm. from where we are now with our central characters of Ray, of oh, Rose, yeah. of those awesome, um, of Holdo, of mm-hmm. like these great women. So, Except for Holdo. It, we don't like her. I like her. Oh, Zara loves her. As if you listen to my, to our other recap, you would know I liked her. Um, but that just makes me think like how far that they've come now Yeah, and they were, they were showing what it was like before. That's actually a good point. That's actually a good point. I appreciate that. I just really, really liked her, her thing in general. Also that her rebellion with the droids also allowed the Wookiees to get free. So I felt like that was a good tie in. Sure. And in the original film, uh, I think it's return of the Jedi. There's a line that C-3PO has where he says, your ship speaks a very strange dialect. And so everyone was always wondering, is there like a robot inside of the Millennium Falcon? And in this movie, they kind of brought that into, okay, L3's brain is literally inside of the Millennium Falcon. So it it had good tie-ins with different places. So I thought her part was very appropriate. I thought that it was politically important. I thought it was cool. I generally like have liked all of the previous like droids and robots like K2, BB-8. They mm-hmm. were like some of my favorite characters. They're very funny. But I agree with Michael. I just for some reason her character landed flat for me. I lo- um I get that they needed somebody to kind of have the droid rebellion as like a plot point. Like that was fine. But her um I don't know if she was just like trying to be too sassy or like too something, but then her like This is a bombshell. Zara is arguing for someone that was too sassy. Oh, it just didn't work for me. I don't know. And then like her creepy, weird relationship with Lando, I like really didn't like that. I thought that was hilarious. No, that was I was all about it. No, that was weird. Did not like it. I yeah, this is kinda do you know how like people just hate on Jar Jar? Oh yeah. So I did enjoy Jar Jar. But obviously they made Jar Jar for like a reason to be this like comic relief type thing. And I felt like L3 was just them trying to add weird comic relief. If they had toned it down like 15%, I might have liked her more. I know that that just, I know that just hurt your soul. It does. In one of the, in one of like the, the subplots, they basically alluded to the idea that she used to be an R3 droid, kind of like R2D2. Yeah. And that she literally built herself a body. 
So, like, for that reason alone, I have to like her. That She literally used to just be, like, an astromech, like, beep, boop, 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 droid. Yeah. And she literally just gained her own brain and then just started a rebellion and built a body and did all kind of cra- kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm all about it. I'm also a big fan of the of the backstories and the extended sure. universe stuff. So. I did love the tie-in where they put her brain inside of the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I wish that they did more with that plot point though. The whole idea of the Kessel Run and all of that. I wish that that was a bigger part of the movie. I I don't think that the actual Kessel Run itself took up enough screen time. And it also looked differently than I wanted it to. The whole thing of battling the weird, like, Kraken thing, it was cool, but I kind of wanted that Kessel Run to look a little bit different. What would you have changed? I almost thought that that was going to take up, like, maybe 50% of the movie. That they were actually going to make multiple... Whoa! That's I thought they were... there of the movie. I thought they were going to make multiple stops at multiple stations along the Kessel Run, and that the whole movie was going to be central to this plot of we have to get from A to B. And that's what I thought it was going to be. It was a, yeah. it was a plot about, like, let's go get this... Um, what is it called? Axiom? I think that sounds right. Yeah, um, something. No, it, it, it's coaxium. Coaxium. There you go. So they're like, let's go get the coaxium and let's go do Dryden Voss and blah, 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 blah. I didn't think it was going to be that. I, th- I thought it was going to be, we have something dangerous in our cargo and people are coming after us. The Imperial Army is coming after us. We have to get from A to B and they're basically running from the police the whole time. I thought it was going to be yeah. like a Dukes of Hazard. We have a truck full of moonshine kind of thing. That's what I thought the movie was going to be. That's very interesting. And so I thought the Kessel Run was going to be a lot bigger. Maybe what it was more originally like. Mm-hmm. That that's actually a good point. If they changed it away from that to make it more plot driven with the with the underworld stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Well, this seems like a good point now to talk about Darth Maul. Dun dun dun. Is this the um, so this cameo is, you're talking this about? Is this the is the cameo. cameo. Okay, that's what, I, that's what I thought y'all were getting at, but I wasn't 100% sure. So I freaked out in the theater. I audibly made noises. Nobody else in the theater did. Now, we didn't watch this on opening night. This, sure. This is the only Star Wars movie since Phantom Menace because I was too young to see it on opening night. That you I didn't see it on opening night? No, you didn't either. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. I saw it on Thursday night, broham. All right, you, brother. You must have been like four years old. There, there's oh, no I thought you meant Solo. Okay, okay, No, okay, sorry. Okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay, sorry, okay, sorry. okay, okay. No, sorry. Now, Solo, yes, we didn't because we were in Kentucky because we left oh, I forgot, yeah. on like Thursday afternoon. And so, yeah, so this was the first Star Wars movie That's true. The only, that I had The first seen. and only one that I saw of, of the previous films was Revenge of the Sith. Okay. That was the one that I saw. I right thought now. you were arguing with me that, that you saw Phantom Menace. Dude, I was literally four night. years old. Yeah. That was 1999. Yeah. No, I thanks. was about to be like... <laughs> All right, so um, so I imagine if I saw it on opening night with a bunch of Star Wars nerds, then it would have been different. Oh, yeah. Uh, but whenever he comes on stage, one, I was very confused, but two, I freaked out because oh, yeah. I was not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and after leaving the theater, so, okay, just initial reaction, what was your thought, Zara? My thought was, okay, so are they now going to have more movies involving this plot point with this villain and what's the girl's name? His girlfriend. Uh, Kira. 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 Yeah. Is she 
is she gonna be a new like villain person? Are they? Is yeah. She, is this just like a standalone movie and you never see her again? Like, how does she work into the future? Because you know, and the the movies with Darth Maul, you don't you know, Kira is a new character. You don't you've never. I seen think her there before. was a heavy setup for a sequel, so I think we're gonna see plenty of her. So Zara, whenever he came on screen, did you remember who he was? Yeah, I recognize him because um, yeah. Okay. See, Darth Maul. Seriously, best. We we talked about this last podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys like him. That was the best lightsaber duel. Period. Hands it, down. Of any Star Wars movie, he looks scarier than any other Star Wars villain. But was this? He has a two sided lightsaber. Dude was like the most legit Sith dude ever. He spoke like one sentence, and then he gets chopped in half. Oh yeah. And then he just falls off the face of. The planet. Is he the one? Tell me which movie he's in. Fan, fan, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. That's he it. has like four lines the one, and then he dies. Yes. And so he was kind of like a Boba Fett character where like he looked really cool. So everyone really, really liked him. And so later in the series, they brought him back through the animated stuff through uh, the Clone Wars. Correct. And so they literally brought him back from the dead with magic which is really weird for the Star Wars universe. Literally magic, not the Force, magic. And then they gave him spider legs, these six little walking things. And then eventually he rebuilt his legs into two big Ultron legs. From what I have heard, yeah, basically um, his brother finds him on like some trash planet yeah. and he's chopped in half. And then, yeah, his brother puts like robot legs or spider legs, how, however you described it. Mm-hmm. And then now he's like on this mission to defeat both the Sith and the good guys, right? Yeah, he's basically like, I'm going to go in and get what I deserve because everyone's abandoned me. And so what he does is he starts taking over like these crime syndicates in the Clone Wars and and right before Star Wars Rebels where he like um, invades the planet Mandalore and like steals the crown and then does all this crazy stuff where he like gets their army on his side. And so that's kind of setting up his black order thing that he's a part of. And so he ends up getting Jabba the Hutt in there temporarily to like help him out and they all betray him. So now he's just like, you know what? I'm now this secretive crime boss. I have a private army at my disposal and I'm just going to take over the universe for my own. So he's the wild card. Okay, good. Yeah. Don't say how he ends or anything. Oh yeah. 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 Like that, yeah. So basically, in this animated series, he is a big character. And so by bringing him back, that basically shows that the Clone Wars, they could follow like that plot stuff. Oh, yeah. And so he is now this big um, villain guy, this big who is over these crime syndicates, which is what um, Vision, a.k.a. Paul Paul Bettany was. So we see that mm-hmm. Darth Maul was Paul Bettany's boss, and now Kira... Han Solo's love is now going to be answering to him, answering to Darth Maul as kind of like a Jabba the Hutt type of crime lord. Sure. So then it gets into this romantic pool of like Han still loves Mm -hmm. this girl, but his girl is actually this big villain crime lord. And eventually that I think, because yeah, one of the big things about this movie was it didn't, lead up to so we know that whenever a new hope starts that basically oh, yeah. han solo is this kind of just like sketchy dude who just like does his own stuff and he's not a good guy but he's not a bad guy he's just this like middleman 
And so what I anticipated this movie being was something really traumatic was going to happen at the end of this movie that would make it be like why he wasn't a good guy or a bad guy. Mm -hmm. But instead this movie like painted it like, oh, actually he's this dude with a good heart and he actually helped start the rebellion basically. Um, And so I'm hoping that with the either the next movie or the, the next two movies, he does get his heart broken. And that is what leads him to a new hope style. I'm pretty confident that this series is going to be a trilogy that leads up to basically why he was on Tatooine in the bar the day that um, Luke Skywalker and, and Ben Kenobi came. The end is like, hey, Chewbacca, we're going. So to they're Tatooine. so they're going. So yeah. that's the first time that he meets Jabba. But between when he meets Jabba, that's where he has to basically drop Jabba's cargo and has to get a bounty on his head, and it's like a it's like a big long process. Yeah. So I think the next two movies are going to center around that. Um, but where this falls in the timeline, there's a lot of time to do that. So I think that this is going to be a this is going to be a, a, a trilogy that comes out for the next ten years. Because it said, if you want me to do some math, so it says that in the original series that Chewbacca is a hundred or is two hundred years old. Okay. And so in this one, they said that he's a hundred and ninety years old. So that gives us ten years between right now at the beginning of, beginning of Solo and the beginning of A New Hope. Yo. So that means that they have ten years worth of material to go through. Yeah. Where they can do Han Solo stuff. So I think during that time he teams up with Jabba and all that stuff. But in the original films, he also says. Um, ancient, uh, ancient weapons are nothing for a, a good blaster at your side. Uh-huh. So that makes you think, okay, when was Han Solo up against a lightsaber if he trusts his blaster over a lightsaber? Ooh. So that kind of pinpoints us to, okay, this is why this has to happen because he's literally in the original films, yeah. retroactively, alluding to fighting with Darth Maul. So we know that eventually we're going to get to a point where Han Solo goes against Darth Maul because he trusts his blaster over a lightsaber. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we have what 10 I years to like do that. What I like about this movie, I like, the, I like the idea of the standalone Star Wars movies not really involving the Force and lightsabers oh, yeah. and, and stuff. That, that, yeah, this was basically Ocean's Eleven, but a Star Wars version. See, um, I want more force. I want more lightsabers. I want more. Well, like of all those of it. those movies are all coming out. There is a That's little true. TV show coming out. That's true. So I think that if they are able to have this balance of lightsabers and non lightsabers, then it'll continue. I agree. I think that we are already kind of like getting bogged down on on, on the whole superhero stuff. Um, I mean, Ant Man comes out in a month now. Yeah, and. There's no hype. There's no hype for it. Like, nobody's being like, no, nobody cares. Um, Except I do care. Um, (laughs) So I don't want to really get to that point with Star Wars. And I'm wondering, one, Solo was released, like, weird, like, a weird time. Like It was literally right after Deadpool and, like, in a really weird time. It was, like, like three weeks prior or something like that was, was Infinity War. And then they go into Deadpool and then they do this. And then there's something that came out this weekend. Yeah. So there's, like, so many movies around it. It was a terrible time. I think if this had had been released in Christmas time. Oh, it would have been awesome. Then the box office wouldn't have been a problem. Um, everyone is all blaming like the box office. It has like, I don't know, like 101 million, which mm-hmm. isn't what they expected right uh-uh. now. All right. Well, that's basically 40 minutes of us praising this movie. I guess that we can do some LVP, our least favorite character, 
Um, we have already hated on L3 a ton. So is there, Zara, another character that you weren't vibing with? Yeah, I guess if I had to pick someone who's not L3, I would pick Kira. Whoa! Both of the ladies in this movie sucked. Explain your take. Except Woody Harrelson's wife, who did not get enough screen time. Amen. 100%. She was awesome. We have a backstory of her. She was cool. Why did she have to die in 10 minutes? What if... Are know. you ready for this? She was cool. What if Val comes back in the next movie as a crime lord with metal legs? <gasps> Wait, what? I would be here for that. I would like that. Wait, did you just make that up like as like a joke, or is this a real theory? It's a joke. Theory. Okay. All right. Well, that would be cool. Um, yeah, Kara just didn't do it for me. She just didn't seem believable about anything. She just seemed very wishy-washy. Like, sure, I love Han, and then, oh, I'm, I'm just this slave to Dryden, and who do I really love and care for? Do I, I don't care for anybody. And then, like, oh, I'm gonna be this crime lord myself. I just didn't believe any of it. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't support her. I don't know. I didn't like her as a character. The actress was fine, but... Her as a character, I, I wasn't about. I don't know. What about you? Who was your LVP? Nathan, who was your LVP? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Kira. Yes. Whoa. Kira I haters. thought Kira was not very dynamic. I thought mm-hmm. she suffered from Padme syndrome, where she looked really good and everyone likes her, but she was not dynamic, didn't have any personality. I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because... Oh, she was so much better than Padme. Oh, dude, I'm obsessed with Padme. Padme is 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 my number two. So super about it. Ray's number one. Padme number two. Oh, Kira like number twelve. Okay. What? Oh yeah. I would take Kira over Padme in a heartbeat. No. In a heartbeat. Uh, Amelia Clark. I have found out why Zara hates her so much because she's one of the main characters from Game of Thrones. But I also liked her in Me Before You. Like, I, I, it just didn't look like the same actress, and I don't know why that is. She was okay. so quirky and cute in Me Before You. Um, of course, we haven't seen Game of Thrones. We've already talked about that. But, yeah, she just wasn't, I don't something about her just, I guess she wasn't dynamic. She like wasn't dynamic. If, if there's two more movies in the series, I'll give her the benefit of the, benefit of the doubt. They have time for her to develop. Yeah. But at least in this movie, wasn't super feeling it. Okay. I will have to man. I don't I honestly don't know if I can say I have a least valuable person. I will say the thing about Kira that that I didn't like was Han literally for 3 years was awaiting to Pining. be reunited yes. with his girl and all of a sudden they meet it at this random place 10 minutes later and he's like, "Oh, hey, I missed you." She's like, I don't care about you. And it like was there was not no climactic. big grand reunion. No, it was dumb. Like I felt like they could have like if they had waited for her character to be released, even five minutes later, if they had been there and then Paul Bettany's character um, had shown up and then they were in his like little layer room thing and then he's like, okay, well I'm gonna bring my top lieutenant commander with you and then she comes out. It's like a big surprise. Ah, that would have been crazy. That could have been a sign of the two movies being spliced together. Mm. So maybe Kira's part was a little bit different and maybe they had broken up and that's why they weren't together and then they remet on the planet and oh, that was Nathan. part of the original plot maybe. so maybe part of the rewrites that ron howard did is that they got unceremoniously separated and then that's where everything happened yeah okay quick note because we haven't talked about this character at all woody harrelson's character 
What was his name? Burke Beck? Beckett. Beckett. I, I, I liked it for sure. If I had to pick one that I guess was like the least value, valuable, because I'm not hating on Donald Glover and I'm not hating on Alden just because I don't think anybody else really could have done a better job as mm-hmm. Han Solo except for Harrison Ford. Hmm. Um, I would say Woody Harrelson. Really? But I, that, there's not like a reason for it. Like I, I, I thought he wasn't as dynamic as he could have been. Same thing with Kira. I thought he was good. I liked him. Well, yeah, no, I thought that he was good. Didn't even enter my mind that y'all were going to hate on Kira. I thought she was actually really good. Yeah. I, no. I no, liked her. Now, I think that the dialogue is what made them suffer. Oh, yeah. That there were just like some cringy just dialogue that the actors had to work with which then made them seem more forced than I think they would have... Yeah, I mean, like, this Alden dude, I think with, like, what he was given, dude did good. Well, the script in both iterations was written by Lawrence and John Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan actually wrote the original Star Wars scripts. Mm. And so it, it f- some of the dialogue kind of felt dated. And so I think that's kind of where that came from. It felt like from a dialogue standpoint, that it was a little bit slower paced of a movie than what mm. the action was showing. But it was kind of cool to have the original scriptwriter come back and do Solo. Yeah. Um, I guess that my least valuable were the people that just needed more screen time. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely Val. And that is definitely Rio. The four-armed or six-armed pilot ship-flying dude. I thought he was awesome. He, I thought he was witty. Yes. I thought he was fun. That hurt my heart whenever he died. Person I want to see more of, who I think it could be like an MVP girl, since all the other girls sucked in this movie, is the pirate girl who is played by this woman named Erin Kellyman. Ooh, oh, Infis in Nest. Lay Miz. As, oh. Oh no, sorry, Lay Miz 2018. Oh, that's weird. I don't know oh, what that is. That's a TV show coming out soon. Dude, Infis Nest is where it's at. Infis Nest. It, that's her name. N- well, that's her name, like in uh, this movie. Yeah. That sounds. That's a weird name. I don't know. Dude, she's I'm just awesome. calling her Pirate Girl. But they reminded me a little bit of the coconuts in Moana. Oh, um, the Kakamura. Oh, yeah. You mean like. The like her the little, little squad, the little enemy squad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they reminded me of. Is they're like these, like the sky riders, yeah, Infis Nest and the sky riders. Well, uh, yeah, I thought they were really cool, and I think she can be a really cool character if they continue with her in the next movies. Which I what's hope funny they do. is that the, the little, little short guy is, um. The guy that plays uh, Wicket the Ewok in the original movie. So, like, the little Ewok that helps out Leia. They, oh, that's interesting. Like, the little, little guys. So, that was... He was, like, eight years old when that happened. And oh. so then he ended up playing later in a movie called Willow, which is, like, a George Lucas version of, of uh, Lord of the Rings. Hmm. And okay. so then he kind of has always been tangently tied into Lucasfilm. So they're like... Hey, you want to come back and be a be a skyrider? So he was the one that he was the little short guy that had like the giant rocket launcher thing. So that was a fun cameo too. Interesting. When he showed up, they showed him like showed like just his face for like a whole second, and I was like, yeah. And I put my fist up, and I was like, yeah. Did you guys expect? Were you surprised at like who was under the helmet when she took it off? I was, but I wasn't because they modulated her voice. So I was like, dude, this it's a woman. It's a woman. Yeah. It has to be a woman because it's the same thing that they did with Leia in the uh, in the original series. She comes in wearing the big helmet and she's like, Han Solo and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, it's it's Leia all over again. 
So I knew it was something weird like that. They did that reveal, and then they held on to her as if it was like this big thing that I should have like caught on to. And I was like, wait, is this Woody Harrelson and Val's daughter? Like, no. I mean, like, why is there this music I behind that it? For one second, that because she, been. she definitely looks mixed. Yeah, and Val had that curly hair, and uh-huh. Woody Harrelson is obviously white. I thought it could have been for like one second. And so I was, I honestly was until this moment still confused about why. But you're saying it was the idea that everyone was expecting like some big like buff dude, and it ended and it was a 16 year old girl, this old girl. Oh, so okay. I thought that was awesome. And I think that she'll tie in with some of like the like external stuff. Like they'll have comic books talking about her mom or something. Like that's not the last that we'll see of Infist Nest, not by far. Oh yeah. She was like the coolest girl in the whole movie. So. Oh yeah. yeah. And they'll they'll tie her into some sort of future rebellion thing. They're coming out with a new animated series because they just got done with Rebels. Yeah. Um, called Star Wars Resistance, I think is what it's called. And it takes place with Poe Dameron and BB eight. What? Yeah, it's an animated show with Poe Dameron and BB-8. So I'm thinking that Infus Nest is going to tie into that somehow. And they're setting her up for being a tie-in character. I have been wondering if this is like a little tangent, um, but this new Star Wars live-action TV show that is coming on the Disney streaming network that is coming out, if it's not supposed to be released until after this last movie comes out, Mm -hmm. I don't think. And I'm wondering for it to have legs and for people to buy into it, what if they get John Boyega and and and, and basically like this oh, man. ties into like a character from like one of the movies, like him or, or like Poe Dameron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. So someone, so obviously, as long as it's not Vi- Vice Admiral Holdo, I'm fine. Oh gosh. Well, yeah. So it can't be Ray and, um, but yeah, like one of those like two dudes that really probably needs more screen time just because it's hard for all of them. Because yeah, at the end of Last Jedi, I was upset because Finn wasn't as big of a character. What if he becomes like one of the main characters of this TV show? I would like that or through the new TV show or the new trilogy done by the guys that did Game of Thrones. Y'all know about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So new trilogy done by Game of Thrones guys. I want one of those to be a gritty live action version of the Clone Wars. To be like Han Solo's little war that he was in and he was surrounded. Nathan, and it was I have like never st- seen Clone Wars or... No, I just want something, not even really about that show. I just want something during that time period. I want clone troopers going off and destroying stuff. So where is this, where is, where is the Clone Wars like in the timeline? Between episodes two and three. So in between, but of, of like Anakin. This this is Anakin, he's still a good guy. Yeah. He's fighting the Clone Wars. This episode, between two and three, says before he becomes Darth Vader, before the Senate's taken over, it's just the war between the droids and the clone troopers. Okay. So that's what I want. I want something during that time period with just mud and blood and the whole nine yards. Boom. Nathan, if you could have everything dark and gritty, would you? I would... But I that also is a good point because he did. Is that like, how you like your coffee? He, dark and gritty. I do drink my coffee black. Because that's true. He did like this. Want this to be a Godfather type movie. But if we could get an Ewok movie, that's just nice Yo, and lighthearted. Dark and gritty Ewok movie. No. Like an Ewok movie that's just fun. I would still watch the heck like out of it. Unpopular of opinion. All right. Well, since we have Nathan here, and obviously he is a culture vacuum that's a me like us uh i thought it would be good for him to join in on everyone's favorite segment 
Zero to Hero! Zero to Hero! How? Zero to Hero! All right, Zara. So what is your hero for this week? Well, I don't think we even alluded to this earlier talking about marriage moment, but in the car on the way home from Kentucky was a very momentous moment, and that would be the season premiere of The Bachelorette with Becca. Mm. Yes. Good. It is yes. coming back. This is one of my favorite times of the year, second only to Dancing with the Stars season, which was cut noticeably short this season. Um, notice my hatred and disdain for that. But I get a full season of Becca. I love Bachelorette season. Um, the girls are great. I mean, Becca's great. And she gets to date a whole bunch of guys. All the shenanigans will ensue, a.k.a. guys being weird. And annoying. And it's weird because The Bachelor is more popular, I would say so, like, in society. But The Bachelorette, they actually last. Like, the relationships last. The Bachelor, there has only been one in, like, 20 seasons. Sean Lowe. Yeah. So, obviously, if you are new to this podcast, me and my friend Isaac actually have another podcast about just The Bachelor called Out of the Limo that was started because both about our wives. Like, Zara loves loves The Bachelor, and so um, our friend Barb also also does, so me and Isaac would watch it, make fun of it, so the wives were like, hey, start up a podcast about a guy's perspective on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And now it's a real thing. And now we are on our fourth season of That's doing pretty this impressive. podcast. I am just looking forward to a full season of Monday Night Goodness, and I can't drink wine and watch it. Prego props, but <laughs> I can just enjoy it with some popcorn, maybe. Sure. Always with the popcorn. All right, Nathan, do you have a hero? Uh, I would say that my hero right now is Benedict Cumberbatch. Why? Ooh. Why? Benedict Cumberbatch this last this last week actually saved a guy in London from getting mugged. So like this guy is riding his bike and the funny part is it was like two streets down from Baker Street, which is where Sherlock Holmes like did all of his did all of his stuff. So you're getting mugged over by Baker Street and all of a sudden Sherlock Holmes comes out of nowhere. Wait, this is a real story? This is a real story in real life that Benedict Cumberbatch beat up these muggers and chased them away. So I think he's everyone's hero today. He's not just a hero in the movies, he's a hero. Hero in our hearts. Dude, that's the best hero we have ever had. I like that. Good job, Nathan. Yeah. My hero is the second season of 13 Reasons Why oh, has yeah. come out. Me and Zara have started watching it. We are probably four or five episodes into it. Um, so no so no spoilers here. We love the first season. Obviously, it deals with very heavy topics. Very heavy. And kind of dark. Not my normal, like, go-to kind of thing, but it's just a good story. Yes, and the second season, the so the first season was based off of a book. Th- mm-hmm. This one, there is no mm-hmm. book that it's based off of. Um, it took me a little bit to, to get into it. Like, the first season definitely wasn't my favorite, but it's gotten some steam going. Um, I know that from Twitter, the end of this season has people very divided. I don't know why they are... Okay. Why they are divided. Have you seen it? I just know that they are. No, so don't tell me. Wait, have you seen it? 
I know Don't of it, it because I'm a pop culture Do guy. Do not spoil it. Okay. All right. I have made sure not to look at anything about this season. So I'm hoping that this is the first show in a while that me and Zara have just like binged multiple ep- episodes while watching. We have both just been very, very busy. So while we have a lot of shows that we like, we'll only watch like one or two a week. But this one, we've seriously watched five in like two days. Yes, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I agree. That's a good hero for for you. All right, well, now it's time to get to marriage moment. What's going down in the Agnew life? I wonder if this is some people's favorite segment because you know how you always say before zero to hero. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Yes. Like, sure, I guess people love zero to hero, but are there people out there who just love hearing our super random ramblings of like things that we just do together in our everyday lives. I won hundred billion dollars. Yes. <laughs> Jeannie really? Smith, who I don't know if she is still listening. She said yeah. this months ago, Okay, but she said that she loves listening to our podcast because she used to work with me. Yeah. And, she still and, hears about like stuff and, that's going on. And, and so she just likes being like in the loop of, yeah. of our life. And so she just likes listening to know what's going on. So even though she, it's not like she's going to Disney World once a year. That's cute. Um, she, she still just, just likes, likes us. being in the loop in our lives. Well, yeah. So hopefully we say it's a Disney podcast, but that's why we do pop culture and we just talk about our lives because our... It's a balance. You know, it yes. can't be like, yeah, our lives aren't 24-7 Disney because that would be insane. But yeah, it's a balance of like... So if this is maybe your favorite segment, then why don't you tell us? Give us like a comment or message us and be like, I love your marriage moment. That's what I like to hear. Exactly. I want to know whose favorite um, segment this is out there. So anyway, this week for marriage moment, we talked about this last episode, um, how we had an upcoming trip to Kentucky. Kentucky. And we are back from Kentucky. From KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh my goodness. I Did we see it? I guess there was one in Campbellsville. Was there? Uh, I think there was. There was one in... I didn't even think about that. Well, yeah. So in Louisville, I'm trying to say that. I'm trying Louisville. Louisville. Not Louisville. Louisville. Which is what a normal person would pronounce it. But Louisville. Louisville. They have their Louisville basketball stadium that they built for a future NBA stadium because Kentucky doesn't have any professional sports teams. Baseball, basketball, football, nothing. What? And so they built the KFC Yum Center. It's called the Yum Center. I love with that With an exclamation name. point after Yum. I support that name fully. And they built it like three years ago in preparation for an NBA team. And nothing's happened yet. And nothing has happened yet. So then the college, that is where they play their basketball games, and then they have big concerts and stuff like that. How have Kentuckians... Just imagine, just imagine SMU built... American Airlines Center, where the Mavs play. Yeah. And it's this big, giant place that only a college basketball team plays at. It's bonkers. That would be insane. I just, I'm just wondering how they have gone this far in their statehood, and they just have to support, like, how well, Isaac Light's Tar Heels or whatever. That's one of the biggest things about Kentucky. So I, didn't they, know, I didn't know this at all. Well, so they used to have the Kentucky Colonels, and they no longer exist. I, I don't know why. I'm sure they turned into a, to another basketball team. But that was one of the biggest things because my I obviously love sports. That's why the Rockets are always my 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 hero. But my identity is built on being able to go to a professional sports in your hometown. Yeah, game yeah. within thirty minutes. Like, yeah, like I've been to 
hundreds of Astros games. Good thing and probably you didn't, 30 plus Rockets games. Good thing you didn't live in like way West Texas up in Marfa or something or else that would not be a sure. dream. Yeah. That, that yeah. could become a reality. So Isaac and his dad would have to drive two and, two and a half to three hours away to go to an Indiana Pacers game. Oh, gosh. That was the closest was an Indiana Pacers game. Oh, man. Insane. And the Pacers suck. Like, they aren't good. Yeah. I didn't know that. That They don't... They have nothing. Not even... Like yeah. you said, ba- most, most states probably why, have baseball. That's why Kentucky basketball... Baseball is so America's like, sport, UK, though. So, like, University of Kentucky. So, you just support your college yes. teams. Yes. I see. Oh, that's so interesting. I Very didn't interesting. know that at all. Okay. Well, you learn something new about Kentucky every day. Um, we learned, <laughs> Not really, but sure. <laughs> we learned a lot of new things about Kentucky on our trip. So we did this over Memorial Day weekend. We left Thursday afternoon, got there super late Thursday night. Um, the trip there was good. It was like 12 or 13 hours. Um, Isaac drove the whole way. Chick-fil-A. Thank God for Chick-fil-A. And some Taco Bell. You Correct. Know, the, the, the drive-through classics. Classics. Uh, yeah, Isaac drove, so me and Barb just chilled in the back seat. We watched Trolls. She had never seen Trolls before. That was fun. Read magazines, took naps, did some coloring. You this know, was things girls first, do. The first road trip since high school where I haven't been the one driving the whole way. And it was awesome. Like, Isaac drove for 12 or 13 hours, and I offered. He's like, nope, I'm a man. I'll just drive. So I just got to sit in the front seat, play iPhone games, uh, uh, AKA, read articles, read 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 Twitter. Shout out to an upcoming episode, but you're obsessed with this. Okay, that might be your hero, so. That mm. won't be my hero. It's uh, a Pixar game. There is this new Pixar game. I mentioned it a few weeks ago. Pixar Battle Mode. He's it's obsessed. awesome. He literally so played it the whole time. That we are going to do a podcast episode next episode, or maybe in two in episodes. In two weeks, maybe. Will be... Us two and Zara's cousin Hunter just talking about Disney video games. So get excited. Slash iPhone games. Slash iPhone games. Games in general. Yeah, just Disney games. Disney games. Okay, anyway, so we made it there. Super fun. We went to sleep. Actually, somebody had some late night pie right when you got there. Someone had some late night pie. And we won't go super into depth because we're going to just do like top highlights of the trip yes. and for sure one of my number one top highlights was that his mom cooked tons and tons of food for us would you call it a top pie light oh yes it's a top pie light for sure she had a pecan and a cherry pie waiting for us when we got there i am very partial to the cherry as i know michael also is yes but the pecan was also delicious i actually didn't try any because i don't do pecan oh. but i know um cherry was insanely good we had several slices. It was great. Some other things she cooked for us: um, homemade French toast with all the sugars, powdered sugars. Just being real, best French toast of my in- entire strawberries life. on top. All the syrup. It was so good. She made this like country ham. Um, it was country ham that was like bacon though. Yeah, and then there, another time it was just like kind of ham esque. Yeah. And then some homemade biscuits. She made us fresh eggs. Like she has chickens in her backyard. In a chicken coop, yeah. and she collects the fresh eggs every day. And there are just people who, who, who come, come by in them. their small town yes. and will buy eggs from her. Yes. So she made us fresh, like, I mean, you know, f- grain-fed, I don't know, they free-range chicken. Like, it's like the most organic type of eggs you could ever have. 
Um, so that was great. She also made like mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, some of like her like classic Southern like things that she, like I, she made for Isaac when he was growing up. So basically, all around the cooking Pam's, was top notch. Pam's it was cooking, the quintessential country small town cooking. Yes, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was, it was delicious. magical. I, we have told Pam that she needs to just open up a bed and breakfast. Yes, and even if she doesn't. We will we'll just come, come stay down. there and we would pay her money for her to cook for us. Yeah, because it was like the perfect house and it was on so much land and you would just sit on the front porch and just watch cars drive to the lake nearby. Was that a top highlight for you? Just like the relaxation aspect oh, yeah. of it? Yeah. Yeah. The whole slow down nature of that Kentucky, trip yeah. was great. And sometimes we just live in a big city and... Yeah. I we forget that there's like nature outside. Yeah, and my job is always doing stuff and always being busy, even though it's fun stuff. Yeah, I'm just always busy. Right, and just being able to to slow down and realize that I live in like a certain area that is so stressful, and that's not how the rest of the country is. Right, right. So right. this isn't like normal. Like I can readjust if I want to. Okay, my next top highlight would be um, their baby shower, which was kind of the main reason that we went. That was, yes. It was super fun. Like, all their friends and a lot of their family were there. So it was, like, kind of a melding of, like, like they said, it was just, like, a melting pot of all sorts of different friends from different stages of their life and different stuff like that. So kind of like how weddings, you know, bring people together. This was kind of, like, that aspect. So people we had heard them talk about from different stories or different parts of their life, we actually got to meet, which was really cool. And of course, just like getting to celebrate um, their upcoming baby and getting having fun together was awesome. It was pretty great. I wore this floral shirt that I got from PacSun. Okay, a normal shirt for Michael. A normal shirt for me, but obviously in Camelsville, probably not normal. And yeah. I roll up. I got four or five comments on <laughs> like on this shirt, like being like, "Dude, I just want to just take this shirt off of you and wear it right now." This Somebody shirt is said great. that to you. Yes. New, oh my gosh. Two people. Yes. That's hilarious. Michael, how did you a blindfolded um, diaper a baby game? I've never changed a diaper, never put on a diaper. I hate being blindfolded. I hate being in front of people. <laughs> so I literally just kept going and I was by far the last. I was waiting for someone to tap me out, just just like take me out of my misery. No. And nobody did. They just kept laughing at me. I think um, Barb said you like put it on backwards or you did something I weird. I don't even know what I did. You did I, something weird did. and hopefully you will improve on that when yeah. real babies Because come. if you are listening and you don't know, Zara's pregnant. Yep. We got a baby mouse ear coming. Woo-hoo! Baby mouse ear. Um, what's another highlight for you? Well, I went to the Louisville Slugger Factory. Yes. Um, I I love baseball, and the official bats of baseball are the sluggers. And so we went to this factory and just saw how they were made, so that was pretty sick. Um, yeah, just the restaurants that uh, that they had. It was just great being able to see what our best friends, what like their growing up is, and how they always tell us all of these stories, and now we were able to experience it. Th- experience that because both of us have lived in Texas. We literally live in the same city that you grew up in. So Mm -hmm. all of these things that we get to tell them, they can kind of experience, but we've never been able to do that with them. So that was cool. I agree. Yeah. The, the, the food um, restaurants were also a highlight because it was some places that they, one Mexican food restaurant they talk about literally every time that they visit. Yeah. It's called Garcia's. 
And it's like one of only two Mexican restaurants in their town, which I literally can't imagine because within our radius, we probably have like 12, you know, different restaurants just right. By in, 12, you mean 1,200. You know, within a 10-minute driving distance. Yeah, you're right. Within There's a 10-minute driving the, distance, we can okay, go to okay. over 100 different places. Texas is the land of Mexican food. And when you think yeah. of Kentucky, obviously, you don't really think of Mexican food. So we were interested to try it out because they hype it up so much. And it was very good. I will say that. They mm-hmm. have white queso. At both of the restaurant, Mexican restaurants we went to, their queso was white. Yes. Not yellow. I know. In Texas, it's all about the yellow queso. So it makes sense because Isaac, every single Mexican restaurant that we go to, he asks them, what color is your cheese? And every time I cringe because I'm like, like, queso is yellow. There's no other type of queso. And then we go to Kentucky and both places had white queso. So I understand why he asked that question. Very strange. Also, we got to drink as much ski as we wanted. And ski is like similar to Mountain Dew. Yes. But kind of different. Ski used to be this in this independent soda factory that was originally like in Kentucky and recently I guess recently Coca-Cola bought it but really it's only available in Kentucky and in that region. I had never heard of it. Yeah. So every time that Isaac comes back home, he brings ski and we get to try it, but now we got to I seriously had I don't know 6 or 8 skis. Crazy. It was pretty delicious. So much ski. Anyway, those were our top highlights from our trip to Kentucky. If you've never been to Kentucky, I recommend going. Cause just because it's beautiful. It's like very green, lots of nature. Um, it was awesome. We just had a really good time relaxing and being with our friends. That's how we spent our whole Memorial Day weekend. It's good. Like Tarzan and Jane, girl, you'll be in my heart. I will fight Jafar with all the Robin Hood starts. Beat the crook, Captain Hook, and any evil that embarks. If baby starts to leave his mark, I'll send him to a pit so dark you can't see light. Oh, come here, my Snow White, to have a princess for a wife. Yeah, that'd be all right. Chilling up in the castle all day and night. Girl, you're in the middle of my circle of life.